Konnichiwa to Brent. <laughs> Konnichiwa. Hola. Okay, we got to. Uh, we got two more sets of things to talk about today and next Sunday. Um, as we uh, wrap up uh, BHR six, building healthy relationships, uh, the gift of love, and. Um, so we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about what's up here in terms of what loving is. Last time we talked some about, um, about receptivity, about being in a receive mode um, and expressing the love of God, receiving it and expressing it. We actually have some problems with both sides of this. Um, and um, Every once in a while, you know, you might even find yourself praying to God, uh, God, help me to be nice today. <laughs> help me to be nice today. Uh, uh, and, and really, it's, uh, it's a little more than that. Um, it's not just about, about you and I kind of staying in a certain uh, range uh, behaviorally uh, with each other. It's... It's actually about what's going on inside your heart and your mind, which uh, we talked about last week, and apparently we're talking about this week. Uh, uh, Ricky's uh, message, I think, uh, as usual, all of our stuff totally overlaps. Um, so um, we need to talk a little bit more about this, but I want to start um, with prayer, and then I have a couple of questions for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning, for this day, for the sunshine uh, that represents uh, your, your power, your light. Uh, Father, thank you for uh, flooding our hearts and our minds with your light, with your truth, with your holy love, your purity, uh, Father, uh, in Christ Jesus. Father, help us to uh, fully receive the love that you are pouring out for us each day. Father, help us to uh, more effectively express the love that you are pouring out to us, the love that was modeled by Jesus every day he was on earth. Father, help us to learn how to do that uh, and do that better, uh, Father, so that we can love you with all of who we are and that we can love each other uh, as we love ourselves, Father. Thank you for... Uh, teaching us, for instructing us, help us to, to be in the receive mode, to re listen to you, to your instructions, to receive your correction, your guidance, Father. We, we praise you for your mercy and for your goodness, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things that... Uh, Building Healthy Relationships series is based on are the greatest commandments uh, talked about by Jesus. And we always come back to that. But let's just for one second think about this in terms of the vertical and the horizontal. Um, you know, Cheryl will remind me uh, pretty often about this. Um, a lot of times people think about the cross because of the vertical and the horizontal. And human beings are designed, your heart and your mind are designed uh, to operate vertically 
This is why people who say they don't even believe in God look up sometimes. This is why they find themselves praying sometimes. Um, There's a vertical aspect uh, to the human psyche and there is a horizontal aspect. And both of them are relational. This is the design. The design of God is that you and I were first created to love him. That's your main job, to love God. Your main job is not to look good, to impress people or anything else, or to work yourself silly for somebody else or some organization. Your first job is to love the one who put you here. That's your first job. You love him with all of who you are, all your energy, all of your thoughts. That's the design. That's what Jesus Christ shows us in his own example. And then, and then horizontally, the whole thing, you know, I want to be nice to people, I want to be, I don't want to, you know. Uh, some people can actually kind of get along with people, and it's still not the same as developing healthy relationship. Um, what God is teaching us through Jesus and the apostles, he's teaching us that when we get close to him, when we stay close to him, then we can actually begin to become close to each other. It's, it's impossible. If, if somebody will not get honest with God, it's impossible for them to be honest with themselves or with human beings. It is. It, you, you, can't, you can't even begin to get honest with yourself until you come face to face with Jesus Christ and you hear the truth. You hear what he's saying to you. Then you start to understand, oh, you know, it's grace and truth together. Oh, I, I, I'm seeing something about myself I didn't want to see, but <laughs> the one who's helping me see it has grace for me so that I can deal with it. That's the whole plan. That's the whole plan. And you and I need to be in a receive mode, and we need to be ready to take it in and, and ready for God to change us. You know, you know, some people are resistant, you know, uh, and <laughs> you, you got to really pay attention to what you're being resistant to. <laughs> don't, don't, don't end up making the mistake of just being a resistant person or personality. Uh, you make sure that you are not resisting the God who thought you up. Make sure you're not resisting him in any way. Resisting the Holy Spirit of God quenching what he's doing, making him sad, all the same direction. Make sure you're not resisting God, but you are resisting the devil. This is, this is very, very clear in the New Testament teaching of the apostles. Um, you need to love God with all of who you are, and you need to resist the devil when he's trying to get in between you and God. And mess up that closeness, that relationship. Uh, you and I need to be very, very honest with God, the vertical, in order to begin to learn anything or change anything. You know, all of Proverbs is for you. You know that, right? Proverbs was not written for somebody else. It was written for you. Proverbs tells you and I that we need to be open to instruction. Right? We need to uh, 
to have some kind of wisdom, discernment, and where are we going to get it? By listening to the one who thought everything up. That's, that's wisdom. And not resisting him, but listening to him. And there's no way that you and I are going to take correction, even from God. You know, all the passages about discipline, he disciplines the ones he loves, and so on. We're not even going to accept it from God unless we stop and we humble ourselves and we actually are willing to be honest with God. Uh, You know the best prayers you can utter? What did Jesus say about the publican? The best prayers you can utter are prayers of honesty. You know that, right? Well, okay, thanks and honesty. Uh, Praise. But God actually wants you to get honest with him. When you talk with him, talk from your heart, talk as honest to terms as possible. God, I need help with this. Not like, hey, I, I got this, I can do this, I can... No, God, I need your help with this and this and this. And man, you know, I didn't do so well. <laughs> In those last four or five interactions, you know, those opportunities... I. You've got you to somehow get honest with God for all of this to begin to work. But the honesty in the relationship with God, that vertical relationship, uh, that, that actually begins to make it possible for you and I to be honest with each other in the horizontal relationships. Otherwise, it's not possible. You, you, the trust isn't high enough. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't have a full trust in, in other human beings. They, they might actually go goofy on you. But you can fully trust God. Fully trust God. And no matter what happens, he can get you through. I think some people uh, don't uh, put God in the life because they're angry. And they don't think there's a place for anger in the prayers. Yes, we see that there's some of that, like come through the Psalms. You know, there's, there's fear, there's anger, there's sadness, there's... Uh, you know, you concern. You actually you, you hear a lot of stuff coming through David's uh, talking with God about various things. Um, but I just want to mention one thing since you just said that. Um, there's a little helpful thing that works in a relationship, and I was thinking horizontal, but even even vertical. And it has to do with. Every time you feel mad, everybody here has felt mad, right? Go ahead and be honest, yeah. Probably many times you may have gotten mad. There is a little thing that can help you, and, it, and it, you see it some in the Psalms. It has to do with rather than getting mad, you need to just be sad. It's, you, human beings can actually work through the emotion of sadness with God, sometimes better than they can anger. Sometimes anger gets you stuck and, and you know, in a total self-protect mode, and you cannot move. You are paralyzed. But if, like, like David does, he actually has some sadness about what is going on, he may have fear too, but he has some sadness. He expresses the sadness and the anger goes away. You, you know that most depression is connected to anger. 
right? You know that, right? Anger that's not dealt with. So if you keep on getting mad about things and you're not able to express it well, and you go on, you go on, you go on, you may actually have depression pop up on you at various times very easily. Whereas, if you speak some of the words of David about your sad, sadness of heart to God, he understands. He understands. And you can actually talk to somebody sometimes. Somebody made you mad. Sometimes you say, man, you made me mad. And they're like, you made me mad too. They go, and you're stuck. <laughs> but you could say, you know what? It makes me sad <laughs> that we're getting all upset with each other. This is not good. This is not good. Uh, and, and you can actually work your way, talk your way through sadness, pray your way through sadness better than you can from a position of anger or being mad. You're just mad about this, mad about that. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting little way of shifting some things over. So I just want to say that so you will try it sometime. Um, and uh, even in your relationships uh, horizontally, you can look at each other and say, okay, this was starting to make me mad, <laughs> but <laughs> I am really feeling sad about this. <laughs> really feeling sad about this. We have got to do something. We've got to do something. Can we pray about this? Can we talk about this? Can, you know, what can we do? Right? Uh, so you, know, you go to action rather than just being stuck in the, the anger of uh, emotion or madness. Anyway, I uh, just want to throw that in there for you. It's a freebie. Um, remember what Jesus said about how the human beings horizontally around you would know that you are a follower of his he is one descriptor love each other love each other that, this, this is the, the thing I was thinking about Jesus Christ said They'll know that you are my disciples by your love, by your love for each other. That's how they're going to know. They'll know that you're following me because you're loving each other. So, what happens is, if you and I aren't that good, we kind of get stuck horizontally, and we're not that good at caring about each other, loving each other, expressing that, how are people going to know? How are people going to know the character of God? This is why we're talking about the gift of love. The only way people are going to know about the character of God is if you're a loving person. Yeah. You, you genuinely care about them in some way. It's the only way they're going to know. And Jesus put the, put the light on it. He said, this is how they will recognize you. Because you are a caring human being. You really love each other. And they'll see it. They'll see it because there's so much hatred in the world. You know, so much violence, so much anger, so much negative stuff going on in the world. Human beings will notice when you actually are genuinely caring about each other. They'll notice. And it reflects the character of God. It's the glory. It's glorifying God. What did Jesus say to the first shepherd? That is, the apostle Peter. What did Jesus say when he came back he asked Peter a question first, and then he told him to do something. Do you love me? 
Now, isn't that interesting? He asked the first shepherd, do you, you love me? That's his question. He's not like, uh, let's go over your uh, game plan, your strategy, let's talk about your financials, uh, your operational. Uh, no, he, he's like, do you really love me? That's what he wanted to know from Peter. Do you love me? And he asked it three ways. He asked it three different, three different ways. Um, but the whole question had to do with love. Do you love Jesus? Do you love your maker? Do you, do you love him? And he says to Peter, if you do, then nurture my sheep. Love the people around you. If you love me, love these people around you. Love them. That's the whole point. And he says, feed my sheep, but it means nurture. The word means nurture. You, you actually have to be nurturing in some way if you're going to be a caring human being. Yeah, some people don't like that, by the way. You, you know, nurturing, I don't know. Um, it's not manly enough, or something, I don't know. But it's, he's talking to Peter. Jesus the Christ is talking to Peter, the first shepherd. And he, says, he says, you know what? The first thing that's important is that you love me. Second thing that's important is that you love these people around you. He said that before. It's another way of saying, love God with all of your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. The, the consistency of Jesus' behavior and teaching is awesome. It's awesome. And it helps you and I to become more loving people, I hope. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. Okay, so this is what we're going to be known by. Um, I'll stay uh, talking about this just for a moment. Um, because sometimes we do, uh, Cheryl and I do uh, marriage uh, counseling stuff or premarital stuff. And, and one of the things we normally do is talk about how uh, the male has one equation in his head, love equals, and the female has a, a, a different equation in her head, love equals. <laughs> they are slightly different math equations. And God has to help you to kind of get the overlap. You've got to get some overlap, but you've got to understand each other in the equation. Now, Loving itself, the, the agape love of God, has a, a lot of stuff in it. We've already established that. A lot of stuff inside of God's love, his loving us. So we at least have to look at this briefly to say that loving, like Jesus, equals very specific things. Loving the way God does equals very specific things. Just like the Apostle John says, I can't say I love God and then not love my brother. Okay? So, even if I disagree with my brother, i got to love him. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, you and I have to get real concrete about this. And the first thing we know about God's love is that there's initiative inside of it. 
What happens to human beings who aren't willing to take that first step toward another human being and care about them? What happens to them? Do they end up having a lot of relationships and it just flourishes and they just multiply? No, no. If, if you don't take some kind of initiative interpersonally, you'll, you'll never have healthy relationship. This, this is the way God operates. God loved you first. He thought about what you needed before he made the universe. He thought about what you were going to need before he made the universe. He took initiative. He was thinking about you. This is awesome. But it tells you something about agape. Agape has initiative in it. So you actually have to see somebody and you have to reach out to them for, the, for it to be like the love of God. You actually have to take some initiative. You reach out to them. So what happens if they reject you? They go, ah, get away from me. It's like, yeah. who, who, who woke you up, you know? Who pulled your chain? Whatever it is. You, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the reaction is. You and I are supposed to initiate something. So, so yeah, go ahead. Yep. Right. Well, you can't just bang your head against the wall, but yeah. Right. 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 We saw that in Ephesians last time, you know, where Paul, Paul says it, Luke says it, you know, you're not doing these things, taking initiative to do kind things for human beings so that they just turn happy instantly. That's not the point. You, you're, you're serving uh, enthusiastically because God has taken initiative to love you. That's, that's what the apostles teach. He has loved you. He's reached out to you. So you have some footing, some basis, some motivation to reach out in a similar way to somebody else. But he says, not like you're serving man. It's, you're not serving man. You are serving God. Okay, very, very clear. It does help. It does help. And you and I have to kind of keep this straight in our heads, too, because we get kind of a little bit on a reactive loop, too, right? And uh, people can drive you crazy. So, um, anyway, this is this is a thing. You've got to take some kind of initiative, some kind of initiative, if you're going to love like God. Um, receptivity, responsiveness. Have you ever tried to talk to some people and they? Uh, it's almost like a staring contest. They're almost like. Uh, uh, yeah, they're going to challenge you to like try to get them to be responsive. 
uh, I mean, unresponsive facial expression, you know, body posture, totally unresponsive. Um, you, it happens. It does happen. And it even happens in churches sometimes. Um, not good. Uh, Jesus, the way he operated, he was like interacting with people pretty openly. And not only was he taking initiative with the woman at the well, with Zacchaeus, and with, other, with the little kids, and you know, he had a certain openness about him. He, he was even uh, kind of making himself vulnerable to all these crazy people. They, they could have done all kinds of crazy stuff. He, he was opening himself up. So even he, Jesus the Christ, was being in a receptive mode with God, vertically, and he was being in a receptive mode with human beings. He had stuff to share, but he, he wanted the little kids to come to him. He was responsive to these little kids that a bunch of other people said, no, we don't have time for that. He was, he was responsive to little kids. That tells you something about God. That tells you something about the love of God. Well, if you're a parent and you're super busy and your kids are driving you crazy and you don't have time, well, you might just think for one second, I, you know, if you want them to be receptive and responsive, you probably ought to pay some attention and have some responsiveness. You need to set some limits as well, uh, so there's some respect factor in there. But there needs to be some openness, some receptivity. That is what the love of God brings. Whenever I, I am interacting with people and they just want to close down because they've been hurt so badly, I understand the, the hurt, but it's not helping them. If you stay closed off, it's not going to help you. It's not going to help you. <laughs> you need to be in the receive mode so God can heal you. And that's, that's Jesus' interaction with people who needed healed. Uh, he's asking them poignant questions. We talked about honesty. Um, we need to be able to be honest with each other. Do you know that God prefers that you and I hurt each other's feelings momentarily, but that we actually are honest with each other in a loving way? We're speaking the truth in love. And it might hurt your feelings for one moment that I say something that is actually true, but then he can move us ahead. He can strengthen us. What is it? Yes. Right, right. Well, and it's also kind of that openness, receptivity thing to instruction, to listening, uh, to, to accepting correction. There's, there's some kind of openness to the love of God. You, um, it has giving and sharing and generosity built into it. Um, if you want to love like Jesus, you will actually be thinking of ways to help people. And I know a bunch of you do. And you're probably wearing yourselves out. <laughs> but it's good to be creative about trying to care about other human beings. It's good. And, um, and you want to be able to give and share whatever you can. It is therapeutic. It's therapeutic. Uh, in fact, sometimes you, you and I should just be ready. It's like, if somebody needs something today, I'm, I'm, I'm giving them this, you know. Or I'm going to share this with them. I'm going to give them this thing because I know that they need it. You just be thinking about it because that's what loving like God does. He's thinking about what you need. He was thinking about what you needed yesterday. He's thinking about what you need today. And, and, and guess who's going to supply it? 
Guess who's going to supply what you need? That's Matthew 6.33. The God who put you here is going to supply you with what you need. Jesus Christ said it. Do you believe it? That's the way the love of God works. Um, Praying. Now, we talk about this a lot in Mission 1, but Augustine made a point about uh, if you love much, you really love a lot, you're going to be praying a lot. If you really do love, you're going to be praying. And what did the first disciples see? They see Jesus going off and praying all the time. What's he praying about? Who is he praying for? And in John 17, we find out part of it. He's praying for us. He's praying for everybody that might actually seek God, come toward God. He's, he's praying because he loves. And Augustine said, if you pray little, it means that you love little. You talk about a motivation for a, a stronger prayer life, this is it. <laughs> you really want to love like Jesus Christ, you will be praying for everybody around you fervently every day. Every day. The more you pray for them, the more wholehearted, the more thoughtfully you pray for them, the more you actually love them. And you will end up loving them more because you just invested more time talking to the Father about them. You just invested yourself. You've spent hours and hours and hours lifting these people up. So of course you're going to show some grace of course you're going to deal with some hard stuff. You're going to speak the truth. You're going to try to deal with the stuff. Yes. Yes, because you love them and you're praying for them. It goes together. It goes together. This is what the love of God looks like. And every once in a while, in churches, you have some issues pop up. And part of it is because those people aren't praying for each other. Or it's one way. Or, you know, somebody gets tangled up in something. Uh, you, you, really, you really want to be praying for each other so there is unity, just like Jesus was praying for in John 17. How are you going to have unity between a bunch of different people all over the map, different personalities? It's going to happen through prayer because you are praying in a merciful way for all these folks around you. Uh, affection, caring, nurturing, we talked about that a little bit. It is no small thing. It's no small thing, because every human being I know has been mistreated in some way, somewhere along the line. And sometimes multiple times. And it's not good. It's not good. That's why sometimes we have self-protection, or we're a little bit defensive about some things, because people have kind of hurt us. But you are designed for affection, caring, nurturing, and that's what Jesus talked to Peter about in this final little interaction uh, it's, it's crucial. It's crucial. Uh, loving equals comforting. If you really love somebody, you will find a way to comfort them in some way at different junctures. You'll try. You'll try. Maybe some of us are better at that than others, but you'll try. You'll try to comfort somebody who is hurting. Um, encouraging uh, the love of God, loving like Jesus is encouraging. 
Can you imagine how encouraged a bunch of these different individuals were that Jesus spent time with them, FaceTime with them? Uh, when I was growing up, I loved getting to hang out with my dad at different times. He was a very busy guy, kind of, kind of a workaholic kind of uh, scientist. And when I got to spend time with him and we'd go get a donut or something or he'd take me to the sporting goods store or something, man, that FaceTime, that was great. Biscuits and gravy, whatever it was he wanted to do. I, I didn't even care. It's like, FaceTime, it's good. One-on-one time with Dad, it was good. It helped me. It helped me. This is the way it is with God. You and I need more FaceTime with God. And then we can kind of deal with each other in a better way. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. Uh, this encouraging thing, um, I'm telling you, we, we, got, we got some Barnabases here. We got a bunch of Barnabases. It's good. Be a Barnabas. You want, to, you want to have a life that ends up encouraging more people than are bugged by your existence. You, you, you really want the, the ratio to be, uh, you, you want to be an encouraging human being because human beings need it. They need encouragement. Where are they going to get it from? Not somebody who's totally self-absorbed, stuck in a corner somewhere, but from a follower of Jesus Christ who's actually learning something from Jesus Christ. That's how it's going to happen. Encouraging like Jesus, tenderness and gentleness. You cannot love like God if you don't have some kind of tenderheartedness. You can't. You know, certain things make me cry, and it's gotten worse since I've gotten older. It's like Cheryl's looking over at me, and I was like, I watched it Leave it to Beaver the other day, and I started crying. It's like, it's like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> but, <laughs> but, it's one of those things, you've got to have some kind of tenderheartedness. When I was a kid, I could be ornery one second, you know, in church, and I'd be, I'd be like sliding underneath the, the pews all the way down to the front, you know, and I'd get up and have dust bunnies all over me. My mom is like, what are you doing, Brenny? It's like, I, get, I get in trouble in one second. And the next second, I'm hearing what the preacher is saying, and it's really getting me. It's like, it got through. Boing! It's some kind of tenderheartedness. It's, it's crucial. That is who God is. He's being tenderhearted toward you. That's how he can be merciful to you. That's how he can be kind to you when you're being a stinker. When you're not thinking about him, he is being tender-hearted toward you. And Jesus shows us that face to face, face to face. That is the kind of loving that comes from God. And you and I need to get better and better and better at that. Gentleness, um, empathy and thoughtfulness. Jesus was, Jesus equals empathy. <laughs> Jesus equals Empathy. You know, the French aren't, aren't too crazy about spiritual things, but in, in all of the metros and tram stations, uh, for one period of time they had this ad, huge ad that says, empathie, empathy. It was like, that was their thing, you know. It's like, empathy, empathize with each other. That was, that was like some, it was a big spiritual thing. Well, it, it kind of is. <laughs> That's as close as uh, French will get publicly uh, that's it. Empathy. You actually, Jesus comes to empathize with you fully. 
How, how, can, how can he help you through everything? How can he shepherd you through everything? Because he, he walked through it too. He knows exactly how it feels. Empathy is Jesus Christ. So, if the one who saved you equals empathy, you really need to reflect that. You need to do that with other people. Somebody's going through a hard thing, how are you going to get better at comforting them, encouraging them? You're going to put yourself in their shoes. And if you happen to have some kind of overlapping experience at all, you will realize, man, okay, that has got to feel terrible. I need, I need to reach out to them, do something, say something. Um, empathy, thoughtfulness. Um, this is another thing about my dad. My dad was very, very thoughtful. Um, you know, my mom was a good teacher and straightforward and everything, but my dad was Mr. Thoughtful Pants. He would, he would remember everybody's birthday. Everybody's birthday, buy him the most expensive card he could, you know, make sure that there was some money in it, usually. He wanted to, you know, take them out, you know, for dinner. He wanted to do something special for them. And not just on birthdays, but other, other times. People in our church, he would, actually, he would actually do it with a bunch of people in our church. He was one of the elders. And I don't, know how, I don't even know how he could begin to keep up with it. Um, but he apparently did a bunch of like kind of secret things for widows and shut-ins and different people, uh, not only in our church but in the community, that nobody knew until he died. Nobody knew what he had done. He had spent his time, his energy, his money making sure that various people have what they need. They needed. That is thoughtfulness. He was being thoughtful toward people. Um, you, you need to give some, some thought to the people around you. Total forgiveness. Loving like God means total forgiveness. Not partial forgiveness. Not temporary forgiveness. But total forgiveness. He has totally forgiven you. Sometimes we, we're not even receiving that. You know, you know, sometimes we, we're kind of, you're a little bit, uh, I don't know, feeling guilty about this or that or this or that. But, but really, he set it up in such a way that, that the blood of Christ continues to cleanse us. You know, we, we have to submit ourselves every day. We have to humble ourselves every day, all day long. But he is cleansing us. He is forgiving us. He has forgiven us totally. Don't be hanging on to a bunch of stuff that he has totally forgiven you of. Don't do it. It's a waste of time. And do not hold grudges about other people. Because it will just, it will crush you. <laughs> Don't do it. If God loved you to forgive you, and Jesus says, you've got to forgive, otherwise your Father will not forgive you, you see how crucial it is. You, you can't think that you're going to be filled up with the love of God and flourishing if you are still holding on to unforgiveness. It's not going to work. The kind of love that God brings is forgiving. It's forgiving. Um, no bitter root, that kind of is attached to that. You know, if, if, if you learn how to really totally forgive people, you will avoid the bitter root. But sometimes people have been hurt so badly, so many times over their life, 
that they have kind of developed a bitter root, and it gets in the way of the love of God. Uh, this, is, this is what Paul says to the Ephesians. He's saying, you know, don't, don't let, at the root, don't let it be a bitter root. At the root, make sure it's the love of God. You're, you're growing deeper, deeper to the love of God. There cannot be any malice, he says to the Colossians. No malice, no anger, no rage. It can't be there. You are, you are planting yourself in the love of God so that he can harvest something beautiful that reflects who he is. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. And finally, out of all of this comes loyalty, focus, purity, faithfulness. If Jesus had not come and walked faithfully every day, closely with the Father, doing what he did, interacting with people the way he did, you and I wouldn't even have a, a clue. How, how am I going to become loyal to God and stay loyal to God? How am I going to become faithful to God? How am I going to stay focused? Well, you follow Jesus every day. You take up your cross, which means you die to self. You die to the world. You, you, you die. You surrender yourself to God every day. And he helps you to learn how to become a loving, faithful, loyal follower. A child of God. A child who is receiving this massive, lavish outpouring of love from the God who made you. That's the way it's set up. And you and I got to get totally into, into that uh, process. That's it. He's, he's called us to this process. It's part of the holiness process. It's part of the sonship process that the Apostle Paul talks about in all of his letters. Um, in all, all of that, we're supposed to be learning how to love more like Jesus. And you and I can have all this knowledge. We can feel really good about certain things that we're doing, you know, church-wise. You may have great attendance and everything else, but I'm telling you, at the bottom of it, the motivation has to be the pure love of God. He loves you. And so you and I are learning how to love. God bless you this week. Stay strong.